Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another Brickflix podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today I've got with me Bruce Webb. Hello, Bruce. Hi, Stuart. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, sir. Doing very well. I've managed to do a combination of be productive and procrastinate today. I think I just about <laughs> beat the procrastination. I don't know about you. Uh, well, I've, had, I've been busy, but the, uh, I'm always procrastinating, especially when the Prime Minister is doing such interesting things with uh, pigs. It's quite hard to stay away from social media at the moment. <laughs> I must admit, I got drawn into a few a few threads about that. Um, yeah. But I've, I don't think I've ever ever I don't, I don't think I ever thought I'd ever hear people defending it with with the caveat of it's not true. But even if it was, hmm. I think what what's very very interesting, and this leads on to the film that we're about to talk about, is yeah, that uh, is is people like my mother and my father they get all of their uh, all of their news through the newspapers and the newspapers we know are quite well controlled by uh, the establishment yeah and of course these days news is shared on social media so there's a whole load of people that know exactly what's going on on social media and there's a whole load of people that don't use social media that uh, don't know what's going on because the papers maybe if you don't read the daily mail they're not covering it so um it's a, it's been it's an interesting time for politics um it's very much the people online and the people who are not online there's a informed you know, the misinformed by the establishment, and then the um, informed by by friends and uh, their peers, and 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 the and the internet. So, politics is definitely changing, and uh, with, as social media develops, I think. Unfortunately, I, th- I think I think I wish more people who were on social media voted because, according to my social media, Labour was going to win the election back in May, <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah. the Daily Mail was right. <laughs> well, they say they say it's to do with renters, isn't it? If people, the renting generation move around so much; they don't have time to uh, register so easily. So, uh, and, and they tend to be the younger generation. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, what's the title of the film that we've come together to talk about? It's called Social Suicide. Uh, as I said, it's got quite a lot of relevance to what is in the news at the moment. But yeah, it's called Social Suicide. It's a uh, it's a teen thriller. Okay, your voice just decides to go all robot on me there. Do you want to try that again? Yeah, it's uh, called Social Suicide, uh, and it's a teen thriller. Okay, cool, that's better, that's better. Uh, and do you want to give us a brief synopsis, then, of this uh, teen thriller? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a very original story in, in the fact that something like this hasn't been made before. It, it's a strange crossbreed between um, Romeo and Juliet and uh, a, a very, very straightforward whodunit. So, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of Romeo and Juliet meets Usual Suspects um, uh, and made for a teen audience with a teen cast. Um, it also draws, draws from some rather older uh, elements. It's got Olivia Hussey and Leonard Whiting in it, who were the original Romeo and Juliet in, in the Zaffirelli 1960s film. Blimey, and uh, really? the character playing Juliet, uh, or, or Julia in this film, is uh, a fantastic and actress called India Isley, and she is the daughter of uh, Olivia Hussey. So there's a, there's a kind of, 
you've got this old tradition of Romeo and Juliet then being pulled up to date and then stuffed into this sort of social media thriller sort of uh, environment. So it's a, it's a strange hybrid. You've done, you've done for, the, for, for because of the social media, you've done a very meta thing, haven't you, I suppose? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because obviously we're not all going to see this, but now you've told us we can, we can, we can, we can appreciate this even more. Yeah. What? You, I, I, how do you mean? I, I haven't. T- you haven't seen it as, and you haven't seen the. No. Um, even if you the, didn't the, tell the, us this, what, you know, and we didn't know all the connections between what we were seeing, you know, you'd see, you'd yeah. appreciate the film as a as a modern retelling of Romeo and Juliet, but all the other stuff you just told us beat the, the behind. That's quite. That's yeah, quite I think if someone sat down in the cinema and um, and just sat and watched the film blindly without knowing anything about it. Uh, it's only really in the third act that you start thinking, "Hang on, this is this is Romeo and Juliet," and and not you know, obviously not everyone knows uh, Olivia Hussey. The younger generation don't necessarily yeah. know who she is or the Zaffirelli film. Hmm. But um, it's going to be an interesting. It's, I'm quite nervous about how reviewers, especially the eld- more elderly reviewers uh, and the purest uh, film reviewers, are, are going to take this film because they might see it slightly sacrilegious to get Leonard and Olivia together and, and put it in a teen thriller. Because uh, you know, you know how they can be. Indeed, indeed, they can be maybe a bit stuck, is what you're suggesting. Um, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's yeah. No, no well, as, as in, a, I mean, I just, I just mean people can be a bit dogmatic and not, and not move away from um, what they believe to be the right thing. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, so um, it's interesting. Now, not that these two podcasts that I've recorded today will come out necessarily consecutively, but as I've done them today, it'd be hard for me not to, to draw, draw a parallel. The person I spoke to Danny Stack earlier today about yeah. his family movie, and he was talking specifically about trying to make a movie for six to nine year olds. Wow! Now okay. you're, okay. you're now you keep you keep referring to this as a teen thriller and a te- you know with a teen cast. Is yeah, it's a young audience film. Young yeah, audience so, film, so, I think so, so I'm just fascinated film. by that. I'm fascinated by that element of of making a movie for a a, speci- a specific audience. Obviously, it'll draw a wider audience inevitably, but but with the main target being the younger one. How how does how did that feature in the development of the film? Well, I, the film came to me through a producer called Janet Wells, who also wrote the film, and she had had uh, experiences with her daughters and sons around social media and she also was a massive fan of the Zaffirelli film and she sort of asked herself what would Juliet be uh, today if, 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 if she was you know, born in, in these modern times and with her soliloquies she thought well maybe she'd be an online vlogger you know she'd be giving her thoughts out online and um, Janet actually approached me um, because I'm a line producer as well and approached me about line, line producing the film yeah. um, I, mean, I mean I read the script and thought this is a very interesting mixture of of, of, a, of, a, of a tragedy and uh, and a thriller, and um, and it's and it it quite hard to put those two things together. And and Janet was looking for a director, and, and and after a few meetings, I said, "Look, you know, I've made I've made a youth film before called Beal and Endall, yeah. and I understand the youth market very very well. I think this is a, a, a youth film, um, uh, and uh, would you consider me as being a director?" And um, she did eventually. So. Um, that's sort of how I came on board. And then we had a very, very quick and short development process where I sort of gave my my um, thoughts and, 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 and helped develop the script with um, uh, Janet and her co-writer. Yeah. And, um, and and my my attraction to films is if they've got a heart. You know, I, I, as you probably know, I run the Isle of Wight Film Festival as well. Yeah. And um, one, of our, one of our sort of USBs is 
the films have to have heart. They have to be about emotion. Um, they have to be about, uh, you know, sympathy for characters and, 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 and empathy. And, um, I wanted to draw out those elements, the tragic elements. And, um, there's a fantastic, uh, a script editor called Darren Rapier, who's also a, a, a director himself and a, and a writer. Mm. And he, he talked to me about the original Roman play, uh, which Romeo and Juliet was inspired by. And that was about two, two cousins living in a house with a, with a wall, with a crack in between of it. It, it, the crack in the wall and they fell in love but this this wall they could only see through the hole in the wall now um that wall um was a metaphor um it was used as a metaphor later on in the later romeo and juliet uh, to, to signify the families and what what i thought needed to, to be brought out in this script was and in my direction was you know what's keeping these two lovers apart and um and i don't want to give any spoilers but the thing was keeping them apart is something that's happened on the internet so it was it was uh it was the internet is 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 the barrier towards their love and um and, and something that happens on that and it's, it's all to do with um sexting and 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 uh, slut shaming and you know um revenge porn mm. um obviously within a 12a certificate so we can't we couldn't go into too much uh, lurid detail yeah. but that's um that 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 really interests me. There, the kids kids these days uh, can lose their virginity online before they lose it, lose it in real reality. They can commit suicide. They can, they 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 can go and meet total strangers and, and end up being raped or, or or killed. And the internet is this very interesting dark mask um, which stops you actually meeting people face to face. And uh, so yeah, that the internet was this as I said the, 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 was the metaphor for the for the for the, for the Capulets and the Montagues in in in. Uh, in Romeo and Juliet, um, or that wall in that Roman play. So, yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's interesting that the, the internet is sort of the is is the kind of is is that is that metaphor in, in the uh, in the, in your film because I've, I've, it's something it's an area I've been looking into myself, and hmm. I don't know if you've seen. There's a series of um, Will Self. Oh right, yeah. He, he did some essay lecture things for the bizarrely for the National Opera English National right, Opera. Okay. Yeah. And in, in, in one of the talks is called The Internet is a False Friend, mm. which is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Cause it, it, talks, well, it, it, it is, of course it is. Of course it is. And, and, and uh, you, 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 you can become friends with someone who is not the person they are. You, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you have. I've put, posted things on Facebook, on social media that I've regretted hugely and got into a lot of trouble with, especially when the fir web first come, came out. There's pictures of me online at parties that that uh, form people's opinion of who I am. And, of course, my physical, the way I look physically, uh, would sum up how people would perceive me. And um, and internet dating is all done through a picture. You, you you choose someone through a picture. You don't choose it through their body language or or whether you gaze across a room like Romeo and Juliet did. It's um, it's uh, it, That false friend thing is very, very true. But his, his example was not even like the specifics about us and how we perceive each other it was more gen it, literally our relationship so when we switch on the big box the big box online book company their website to have a to have a look it goes hello bruce here's some things i recommend for you based on what you've been buying yeah. or based on yeah and, and will self just said if it really was my friend it'd go do you know what you've been reading too much of that shit yeah. Why don't you try something different? And you know what? We've noticed you've been reading too much. Why don't you go out for a walk? And yeah. it's like, like yeah. the internet isn't going to do that because it isn't your friend. And I just thought, that's such a fantastic way of looking at it. But the other one, just thinking of your idea of how people in their formative years are forming their understanding of how to be alive via a screen. 
And again, mm. I'll quote him. Not only because it's fresh in mind, it's just coincidental that we're doing discussing your films and I've been sort of knee-deep in this myself. Um, he said, you can go from click of buying an oven glove to click to watching somebody frottage with said oven glove and then go to another click and go on a social media site and find out if anybody wants to frottage with you and oven gloves. And he said, yeah. but the thing is, it's all on the same screen. He said, yeah. it used to be you have to leave the house to meet people. And that was, a, even just going to the shop to buy a newspaper is a very rich experience of one-on-one, mm. -on -one, isn't it? Whereas if you never mm. have to leave the house, suddenly your understanding of the world gets diminished, doesn't it? Well, I think there's plenty of parents out there that feel that their children um, don't socialise. Uh, certainly, I've had personal experience with uh, friends and, uh, and, and relatives who spend their entire times on their, their Kindles or their iPads. And, and as you say, you can buy you, you can buy anything online. You can date online. You can learn online. When I know kids that learn how to skateboard and surf and fish online. Mm. Um, they ha they don't go out and meet someone and, and have uh, have a lesson and discuss it with them. Uh, the, the, you, it's strange. It's called social media because in a way it actually is depleting society. As you've just said, just walking to the shop uh, can be a rich experience. And certainly where I live, uh, I live I live partly in the Isle of Wight, partly in London, and and. Uh, and uh, certainly even in London, I'll, I'll walk to the shop and I'll meet people and chat to people and have a very good sense of community here. In the Isle of Wight, you can't even sneeze without everybody know what, knowing what you're doing. Mm. And, it, and, it's, um, and, it, and, it, and I love it. And, um, and uh, people, people will know exactly who you are by meeting you personally rather than who, what they hear online or what they, uh, uh, what they hear from gossip. But there's one thing I quickly want to say is that social media and... and uh, so when we made this film, we had um, we had things like Snapchat, YouTube, Facebook, um, Twitter. Uh, there's a million and one different ways of communicating, and obviously we had to be very careful with copyright and making sure we weren't defaming any of these companies. Yeah. And and when I started looking at the way social media works, it is it is it is actually exactly how it was when I was a kid. When you wrote a note to someone, you sent it in the class. If that note got picked up by someone you didn't like, and then they read it out, they pin it on the board, and the way. Kids communicate partly is, is, is in a very traditional way. Um, what has, has changed is, this, is, is videoing and photographing. I mean, as you remember, the only way you could get a photograph of someone and, and develop it quickly that was a, 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 an indecent photograph was a Polaroid. Now, the fundamental messaging systems are, are the same as having a television, you know, as the old days. But what has actually changed everything is is is... Is, is imaging, you know, images, and those can be manipulated themselves, and that's really what the film's about. There's a there's a there's a character or series of characters that use mm. secret video cameras, or, or they use the video to, to manipulate what everybody thinks of, of 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 these characters, and especially Romeo and Juliet. So, so it's so it's like this, so it's this idea of we we casually curate our lives online, but then what? Then the the question is, what if someone else gets involved in that and starts to misinform? Yeah, the world about yeah. you. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, this David Cameron thing at the moment. You know, he's 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 done something silly at a dinner party, allegedly. Mm. Um, but um, but that has has rapidly changed into people now saying that he's had sex with a live pig. You know, and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and that and that actually it's the same as village gossip, really. But it's the it's the you know because it, Chinese whispers might go around a village and the global village we live in. But it's that images. I mean, if there was an image with it, everything actually this would be a very 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 different case. But it's um it's the way people. If if I've noticed that recently Tony Blair is generally shown looking 
looking slightly demonic in the press, you know, mm. um, and, uh, and, and the pictures of Cameron going up today make him look, you know, slightly worried rather than happy. You know, the, the, Im- images of people are used, uh, uh, in this day and age in, uh, to manipulate everyone's perception of them. And, um, and that's really what this film is about. You know, don't trust anything you say on, uh, or you see on the internet. How did you balance the, the, the want to get those messages across and obviously the need to build a kind of dramatic structure? Well, it, it's, it's a very, very hard film to make. Um, I mean, we had a very small budget, and that, mm. and that obviously gives you certain amounts of constraints. We, Janet uh, uh, wanted to make the film, the producer wanted to make the film very, very, very quickly and get it out because it's, it's kind of of the moment. Of course. And, and, uh, and, and, and the press on a daily basis has stories about kids harming themselves or committing suicide because of things they've seen or things they're trying to do. And to get, to get, um, to get, to get, to make a film about something on the internet, what you don't want is people just looking at screens all day because actually <laughs> that, that is not very exciting. Um, and also I didn't want to get bogged down in technology. I didn't want to um, get the film stuck in a moment in time in 2014 when it was made that, that, that uh, you know, got, got, got the, labeled the film as of that moment when Facebook, Snapchat and all these things, because in three or four years' time, any, any new types of social media can come along. And I remember being in an office at Deluxe 20 years ago mm. and talking to someone who was, who was working on, a, on Full Metal Jacket doing small prints, and we got talking about um, one of Kubrick's early films, uh, Clockwork Orange, and, and the guy, Bernie, Bernie he's, he's now since died, he, he said to me, you know, the biggest problem with that film was that they, they, um, they had flares and long hair, and that, and that actually dated the film to that period of time. Now, he said if the film had been more timeless, so you get a film like Star Wars where the haircuts, all right, they're slightly 70s and 80s, or 80s mm. haircuts, it, it, it felt very important to me that this film wasn't stuck in a period of time, didn't get bogged down in technology, and told, you know, the story in very clear, simple terms. And I did look at Usual Suspects uh, as a reference, and that film's very interesting in, in, in that it is largely set in, a, in an office, just a conversation between two people with flashback. Hmm. And that, uh, and obviously the similarities kind of stop there. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, but it, it's very hard. We, we're just showing the trailer at the moment, and it's very, very hard to make a trailer of a film where a lot of it's a conversation between two or three people in one room uh, to make that trailer look, you know, Big, expensive, and exciting, and uh, this, I'm not I'm not excusing the film in any way when I'm saying this, but the the film is about tension, and uh, th- you know the definition of a thriller is it has to be thrilling, mm. and the, and the feedback we've got so far is that it's an incredibly tense and, and gripping film. So um, there is a uh, the, the setup is a two boys are dead, a girl's in a coma. Um, and these are all characters from from Romeo and Juliet, mm. um, and uh, but they've been subverted and changed. And basically, a police officer, uh, which is played by Neve McIntosh, who's been in uh, several of the films uh, I've directed before, yeah. Neve McIntosh, basically her character, uh, Inspector Dalton, has to find out who has done this before somebody else dies. So it's set over 24 hours in a police station, with flashback being told on social media mm-hmm. and and in the suspect's mind. And uh, what the what the audience has to work out by the end of Act Two is, did he do it or not? And uh, in Act Three, you find out uh, who was actually guilty. And then I said the feedback so far, nobody really knows who's done it by by about sixty minutes. And then the payoff is in the last half an hour, which is a very fast 
and uh, dramatic half an hour. So, like usual suspects, are you are you playing with notions of the kind of unreliable narrator and things like that with your flashbacks? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not as uh, horrifically terrifying as uh, as uh, as uh, as usual suspects. But I mean, maybe if you're a twelve, thirteen year old girl or boy watching the film, it is. I mean, I've I've showed it. We have had a little test, a few test audiences with with uh, uh, young audiences of that age, and they have found it very very um, gripping. Mm. Um, uh, I, I mean, it's it's not a it's not a film with big jumps, so it's it's not terrifying, but you genuinely don't know what's going to happen next, or who's going to die next, or how they're going to die, or who's done it, and um, and uh, and it's about and it's it's a result of a series of characters manipulating what is on the internet. They manipulate the audience's view. So mm. what you see, what you see as an audience watching in this police station being played back on social media, you don't know whether it's it's real either. And in fact, uh, the poor script supervisor Joanna. Uh, it was a nightmare for her. We shot on five different formats. Uh, there's something, I don't know how many, 27, 28 different time periods within the film. Okay. And uh, the, the poor editor, Chris, as well. It, it, even even while we're getting to the last few weeks of editing, he's going, oh, right, I, oh, I didn't realise that. You know, and there's, there's, there's nuances within the film which aren't in the script even, um, which audiences might not understand. And, and a few people have come out of test screens going, but I don't understand, why was that not happening there? Why was that not happening there? And, it, and it's quite nice that, that people get to work out after the film, like 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 good thriller shit, that, that, that uh, what, what exactly happened, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so was there a need at any point to lay it out flat and go, this is it linear, now we're going to jumble it up? Or was it constructed, jumbled up, as it were? It was constructed, jumbled up. I mean, the, the main premise that Janet had was... Um, you know, uh, how did Romeo and Juliet die? What happened? What were the circumstances of their death? If if a police officer was investigating it, and so the the police officers pulled in Balthazar, and I, I don't know if you know the the play um, that well, but Balthazar was um, uh, Romeo's assistant. He was his valet. Okay, yeah, and so Balthazar's been pulled in as the chief suspect. Reese is out there. Romeo is out there somewhere. Um, Juliet's in a coma, and um, and uh, Mercutio um, uh, uh, is dead, and um, and 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 so yeah, there's CCTV footage of a fight, but nobody knows what's happened. So yeah, it was it was always laid out that by by Robert and by and, and by Janet um, uh, Roberts, the the other writer, and um, and it and it and uh, it was for me, I suppose, to wheedle out of that script and find what it was was it was it a romantic tragedy or was it a thriller and i think as time went on i realized really this is a this is a thriller bait you know within a framework of a romantic um a romantic situation and then there's elements that people will understand but that's that's what's lovely about it they get very very confused because they go hang on i know Romeo and juliet this didn't or did it happen so well, yeah we play we play we play with the audience's um expectations and, and perceptions yeah good good on you i think that, that's the that's the best thing we want we don't want our uh, we don't want to be spoon-fed we want to i think i think mm. we like it best when there's a little bit of work we've got to do as an audience um it's absolutely and and there were there was a lot of um there was a lot of exposition that me and janet realized just had to go and and, and uh, we didn't need to say things we didn't need to say this so much dialogue we didn't need to say and 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 we've we pared the film down pared the film down and into its basic elements and yeah people have to do a lot of guesswork and some you know like all films there's a bit we suspend reality a little bit um and and uh, there are moments uh, which maybe the audience don't <laughs> i don't want to give too much away but it, it 
certain times characters are lying. And so those actors and they're, I mean, you've got to hold it to them. They're a teen, they're a teen or, or early twenties, um, ensemble of actors. Yeah. They are having to act lying or sometimes acting double bluffing. And I'll tell you what, that's one of the hardest things to do. And it's not very easy to direct because you, you get feedback back from someone when they're watching rushes going, Oh, he's not acting very well. And I'm going, ah, well, he is actually because he's acting, acting, lying. And, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, um, I really hope, I really hope, um, uh, India, India Jackson and, um, and, and, um, and Rollo and, and, and the other, uh, other cast, Shaquille as well and Barney, uh, get some recognition of what they've done because we didn't have a lot of time to shoot it. We, they weren't getting much more than one take after, after a time because we had so much to shoot. Mm. Um, and, and I think they pulled it off very, very well. Yeah. What kind, what kind of director would you say you are in terms of your, your want to sort of sleep? If, if at the one end, if at one extreme there's the autocratic, do this, do that, do the other, and at the other end is, let's see what happens. Well, yeah, I, I, I always thought that I was, I was always inspired by Putman films, you know, and Chris Menges films, mm. uh, Chris Menges, the DP, things like uh, Kez, um, or The Mission, um, uh, local hero, uh, chariots of fire, even you know, um, and, and films that were about an issue that could change the world slightly. That, that weren't just pure entertainment. Hmm. And um, interestingly, I, I there's a few films I've been developing that, that I've written that are very hard to get financed. And um, I was looking to direct that difficult second film, and a few things came along, and I either turned them down or I, or, I, or I wasn't the right fit because I wanted to change the script. And this came along. I thought, well, I've already done a teen film. I don't want to get stuck in teen drama. I've done teen um, uh, TV series for the BBC as well, and teen dramas, and um, and um, I think there is a there is an element to this that I really, really liked, which was which is uh, it, it could change people's lives, especially teenagers' lives, and make them stop and think about what they want to do. So in that in that in that part, that's that's kind of my inspiration to maybe do something that for many years people can look at and, and change their view of people yeah. or, the, or the world. But in terms of my creative directing, um, unfortunately I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I will improvise when I'm, when I'm out of ideas perhaps, mm. or I want to, I want to, or if an actor says to me, let's try this. I'm always, ear, I'm all ears, but I'm, I tend to be a very blocky director and in, in, in I like to, um, I like to storyboard it and I like to construct it in a very specific way that I have in my head. And if okay. I don't stick to, if I don't stick to that plan, I get a bit, a little bit panicky. And, um, I know, I know directors that I've line produced for who work for are amazing. who will go onto a set with no notes, no ideas and completely organically construct this with their DP and their designers and their sound engineers. And, and, and Una Menges, which who shot this film, who, who is incidentally Chris Menges, daughter, it was mm. her first, first feature. I think, she, I mean, I think it was very frustrating for her because I had every idea. We had very little prep time. I had everything in my head and I wanted to do it like this. And, um, I definitely want to work with her again and, and then maybe <clears throat> have a longer gestation period of development where we can actually sit down and, 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 and make something, uh, uh, slightly more, um, uh, more, more beautiful. Cause this, this, this film's not, not a pretty film. Um, it's in a, it's in a, tiny little dingy police station a lot of the time yeah. and um it's it's not a um it's no local hero it's no mission in terms of its um cinema cinemagraphic uh, that, that's not that's not dissing una in any way yeah. it, it, it's not, it, it doesn't have big wide vistas in it or or beautiful sunsets it's uh it's quite a brutal film and a lot of it again is 
told on social media. So poor, poor Una's saying to me, well, you can't shoot on that bloody camera. It, it looks awful. And I'm like, well, actually, I want to shoot on that camera because I want it to look awful. Um, so it was very hard for her as a DP, especially on her first feature, to um, have to tear up everything that she'd always stood for. Mm. And um, she is still talking to me just about, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, at least there's, uh, when there's a, I guess when there's a rhyme and a reason, no matter how counterintuitive it must be for the DOP, if you're if you're saying this is why, yeah, then it, then at least it's got logic. Whether whether it's what you would desire as the DOP full stop is yeah is uh, is a conversation you have, isn't it? And as long as you have the conversation, it's not. Yeah, and <coughs> if we had a, if we had a million million or two million pounds to make it, then um, obviously there, there there could have been bigger shots. There could have been bigger uh, 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 shots, but I, I, I don't think on. It's, it's a it's a challenging film that we've made. It's not um, uh, a particularly, you know, it's a tough subject. And um, I think a lot of people, financiers and, and government organisations, would be quite scared to make something like this. Um, um, I mean, you know, my last film was a comedy about a kid dying. Um, uh, this one's about uh, suicide on 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 uh, because of the internet. And um, and the next one's about uh, abuse on men by women. <clears throat> so um, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite happy to continue to make those. Um, hard to make films if, if 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 some people like like Janet and her investors are prepared to put the money in, you know. Brilliant. Uh, no, well, I, I guess as well though, with um, you know, with the nature of a screen being a very sort of closed environment that doesn't that doesn't have any borders, you know, it, mm. it, it, it's not borderless. It's very very confined. Obviously, if if, if the action mirrors that, almost like mm. it's almost like a you know a complete reflection. If the world that we're seeing people live in is is as claustrophobic as the world of a screen. That, mm. I guess that must have lent to some of your drama in this thriller. Absolutely, and and, and it's a, it was a very it was a very tough call when to go out, when to go out, and it, it, basically uh, one of the characters' flashbacks a shot on the Alexa, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> a shot on the main cinema camera, mm. um, <coughs> and then um, and then the the footage that's being used in the police station is shot on video cameras on phones, and then and then the the actual narrative going forward in real time is then shot on the cinema camera as well but it was very important dan dan coles who's a, a good friend of mine who works at technicolor uh that the, him and una graded each of those scenes in their own specific way so the audience didn't get confused and what was very interesting was in the offline because a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the cameras kind of looked similar because they were drained of 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 of, of color yeah and they didn't have their own looks a lot, in the offline, a lot of people didn't seem to understand it. And then on the online, in, in the full grade, each one of those particular times has its own particular look. Um, and we also had a, a lot of the characters on uh, on film. So when they're acting with their video cameras or their phones, we had them rolling at the same time. So we could pull footage off those and use that within the actual film. So, um, yeah, it's it, but as you say, it is, it, because it's a sort of contained world and it's an investigation you only go out of that contained world when he tells the story of, of, of something that's happened in, in the past. Um, can, I, can I say one other thing? Um, you can say as much as you like, Bruce. Which, which, is, which, is, very, which is controversial and, 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 and made this film a challenge. We don't, we don't really have a, a young audience culture in the UK. Right. Um, and uh, uh, in, in film, uh, generally our, our young people in the UK watch uh, big action movies or uh, big animations or your sort of Hunger Games type film mm -hmm. or you you might you might now get these um these uh sitcom movies like um uh 
in right, between. between us. Mm. And and within within uh, the beer fire trade of England and within in the distribution system we have in the UK, there isn't uh, a sort of provision. And and uh, and we've got the film in Rain Dance coming up uh, next week, mm. um, and it's a young person's film. But the the policy of the cinemas. This is not rain dance. Uh, the policy of the view cinema is that no one can go and see a film uh, under the eighteen under under the age of eighteen if it's in if it's in a film festival shown at their their uh, cinema. So we've actually created a film that young people can't watch within its first UK premiere. Now, it's not that particular cinema's fault. It's it's a national problem we have, and, and mm. we're off to Germ we're off to Germany soon. We're off to Poland with the film, and like with Beale and Endor, we'll travel around the young audience. Um, uh, festivals around around the world, and um, I, I passionately feel that there should be a, a readdressing of um, the fact that there is so little. And this is not just for my film to wait in the future to get to get kids in the cinemas. We're going to have to get them. We're going to have to make films for them and allow a distribution system that allows to see them. Well, I know, no, I, know not, like, I, yeah. I was going to say that this is this is why I'm, I mean I know it, it doesn't feel like we started at that place. That was definitely something that uh, Danny Statt talked about with his doing the kids' film, because because he opened up by saying it was live action. Now, live action for an under-10-year-old is a novel film these days. You know, but it used yeah. to be a tradition. You know, you had very much sort of information. You know, 60s and 70s cinema in Britain. There were yeah. plenty of films made aimed at kids, some with probably children's serious... Children's Workshop, yeah. Yeah, children Ch having serious messages of the day, you know, coupled in with, you know, a kid's adventure where they go running off with a dog and build a den or whatever they did. Yeah, it, I mean, I mean, the closest we get is, at the moment, is on Channel 4, you know, Shane Meadows, is, 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 this is England 90, but really that's going to be watched by people are, you know. I was going to say, that's for us, isn't it, really? But that, that is about as, as close you get to youth. I mean, there was, a, there was a, 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 an internet drama recently on Channel 4 that was very well loved. I can't remember the name of it now. But, um, yeah, we don't have that provision. In, in, in Europe, we have an amazing tradition of it. You know, this film will be shown to 10 to 12 year olds. It'll be dubbed. It'll be voiceovered. Um, it'll be subtitled. Uh, and, and I, I know recently I applied for iFeatures, which I'm sure some of the listeners will know is a, as a government low budget scheme. I applied to iFeatures with a, with a, with a great writer called, um, um, with a great, great writer called, uh, uh, his name I can't remember at the moment, uh, with a film, uh, <laughs> which happened to be, um, which happened to be a children's film. And Chris Gronley Defer, who was running the scheme, said, you know, out of 800 applications, there was one that was a children's film, and that was ours. Now, that, that would not happen if we were in Europe. You know, there would be, it would be a sort of 10 to 20% of the film would be kids' films. So there's something, there's something interesting going on. Um, uh, and I think it's because we share a language with America. Mm. Um, uh, in the, in the, the, the filmmakers realise they can't compete against um, uh, Hollywood blockbusters or... You know uh, the folks in their stars size size movies, which have very large PR machines behind them. So yeah. it's uh, and, and normally when there's a lack of something, it means that there'll be a resurgence. But yeah, I'd love to see um, I'd love to see kids actually ironically get off YouTube. I mean, as you know, all the all the figures are coming in from Ofcom. Children aren't watching TV anymore; they're watching uh, clips on YouTube. Mm. Um, they're not. They're not sitting in in a lounge and, and or watching movies so much. And, and the only movies they see are big event movies. So, I'd I'd love to see that change. And I think having worked in TV, um, and I won't name the shows. I've had producers say to me, "Oh, you've got to cut this quicker. You've got to make it more bubblegum. You've got to make it faster and more tabloidy." I don't think kids uh, and young audiences necessarily have to see fast action cutting. 
uh, I think they can sit and watch a drama um, and something that possibly is slow moving. Uh, they can in Europe, and they're you know they're genetically the same as as, as, as all kids around the world. So, yeah. um, it's it's an it's an it's an interesting debate, and um, it means like with Be All and End All, my audience or our audience for the people for us that have made the film won't probably be in the UK. Um, but where we might do all right is on is on is on the internet. Um, uh, possibly, you know, social media. We hope will will help promote this film, considering it's about social media. I was going to say, with with the with with the hard hitting sort of message in there that's that's rooted in 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 a universal truth that that people know about with social media, you might you might it might get grab people's attention that way, won't it? Yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got, I don't know how up you are with vloggers, you've got people like Zoella, who's is a multi-millionaire uh, vlogger who does makeup tips through to, you know, how to find a boyfriend, and um, she was she was one of the people, one of the many people I researched um, when we were looking at Juliet, or Julia's character in this film, mm. and um, and we'd actually asked those people to try and get involved, but of course they're tied to, they, they are, a lot of them tied to big sponsors, and and, and if you say to them, come on, do you want to do a film about kids killing themselves uh, or, 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 or suicide or, or the risk of suicide because of the internet, it's not generally very appealing. I mean, we've had a lot of advice from people say, don't don't call it social suicide. It's uh, it's a controversial name. But, um, uh, you know, uh, Janet Janet is a, is a great producer in that way. She, she's she's happy to take the risk and um, and um, it's fantastic working with someone like that who's who's prepared to stick her neck out and say, well, let's see if this works, you know. I think, I think from what I've seen, from kids I know have seen it, they do find it gripping, and it, and it goes against what a lot of TV producers who I've worked for have said to me. Well, good for you, good yeah. for you. I mean, I think if you, if instinctively it felt right, and then you've been able to enjoy an audience response to it, that, 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 that seems to suggest that they're enjoying it, and I don't mean that in that in the kind of ha-ha way, but, you know, yeah. getting something from it, then that's, that's got to be, that's got to be part of your intention with, with, the, with what you were saying there about why you choose to make film, the films that you choose to make. Yeah. It's, but it's just now, it's now getting it to that audience. And I don't, I don't think the cinema, the traditional cinema route will in, in the UK would be that place, the, the place to do it. I think, um, I think in Europe, yes. Um, you can, you can show these sort of films at the cinema and kids and their parents will take, will go to see them in the UK. It's a very, very tough market. So, and that, and that doesn't actually, that actually doesn't bother me because we do have, we have a distribution system, which is getting better and better compared to be all and end all, which is only 2010 when that came out, we've gone on leaps and bounds in terms of streaming and, um, and, uh, uh and, and getting into the home. I don't think it completely works yet. I, I watched my first film the other day on, uh, the BFI player and it froze, um, uh, which is a, you know, a shame whether it was my computer or our, or our, um, or our um, connection. I don't think it. I don't think. I don't think the delivery to the home completely works yet. Especially if you've got you know two kids upstairs on Xbox and one of their. Oh no, no, that's videos. that's definitely that's the, uh, the, the 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 problem now, isn't it? The um, what do they call it? The the, the sort of cr- <coughs> the, the net internet crunch or whatever it is. It's a bit like the a bit like when the well, lagging lagging the teenagers call it. My effing computer's lagging is what they <coughs> shout downstairs when they can't get a. Can't get something to download, but yeah, it, it, there's seven o'clock at night. All the kids go online, and then everything slows down. So, I, I, I think the delivery systems are getting better. <clears throat> there's also maybe too much choice now. It, 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 you know, you you sign up for Netflix. Something I read today in one of the one of the trade magazines. You sign up for Netflix, and then find out your shows on HBO. 
<clears throat> you sign up, you know, you sign up for Amazon, and then you find out it's on. You know, if you don't have Amazon Prime, you won't be watching um, the new Top Gear. So um, they need to kind of converge, and a few of them need to maybe go by the wayside. And um, well, no, I mean, this is this is. I mean, it, 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 well, well <clears throat> I mean, this is probably a conversation for another day. But it, but, <clears throat> for, but the the, uh, the lack of convergence, I suppose, by yeah. distribution by global distribution. Port, portals, as it were, which you, I guess Amazon and, and, and Netflix are, because if you, I could go in different countries and log on, I might see different content, mm. but I can certainly log on with the same login as I do in London when I'm in Lille, when I'm in California, it's the same mm. login. I just mm. get, I just see different content. Yeah. And, and it comes to a point where if, if you're going to try and make money from people, what people watch, then You've got to be in the market of making everything available, not select, not selective. You Absolutely, and, and there's a fantastic website called Find Any Film, which was a BFI directive, um, which you can you, you put it in there, and it'll tell you where you can find that film on what you know, and it'll list it on Netflix, so you can eventually find something. But recently, I've got a new film with an actor called Jacob Sedegren, Jacob Sedegren, fantastic Danish actor. You know, I, I was skyping with him, then I met up with him in Cam. We were discussing some of the films he's done. Could we get hold of it, some of the films he's done, even though they won big awards in Europe? We couldn't get hold of them over here. We couldn't download them over here. We couldn't stream them. Uh, the only way we could get them is by uh, is by pirating them. And then I said to his agent, "Do you mind? Uh, the only way I could get this is from a torrent site." And she said, "Well, no, that you know, obviously we don't own the copyright. We'll have to get them off the distributor." And it's a ridiculous situation. You've got a film like Thomas Vinterberg who did The Hunt and um, and, uh, and and more recently the um, period drama um, Far of the Maddening Crowd. His previous film, Submarino, which is a great piece of work, you can't get that in the UK. You cannot get hold of it. You can't get an English subtitled version. And that's just insane, in my, in, in my view. It really is. Uh, and, and it's the same with Beale and Endel. You, if to, get a, to get a DVD of Beale and Endel in, the U, in America, you have to buy it from the UK and then get it imported. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the systems don't quite work yet. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. When, when can people see the film at the moment? It's playing at Raindance when? It's playing at Raindance next week on the uh, on the Thursday night, which is the, I'm just looking at my diary now, the first of uh first of october and then again on saturday morning okay. and then um and then after that it'll um be doing the tour of the young audiences festivals we hope uh we've had we've had a fair bit of interest so it's in schlingel uh in chemnitz which is a fantastic uh young audience uh festival and then hopefully in alakino and it, hopefully in zlin in the czech republic and if it, it, I, I would love it to be able to do the same routes that bill and endel did which is you know th- th- there's this amazing um, I mean, Rome has a young audience section. Berlin has a young audience section. I mean, London sadly doesn't. It has a family section. Um, that's um, yeah, yeah. Uh, to go back to the Danish stuck example, that was where yeah. that's where his is. I think it's his is one of six films that are in the family section. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, I mean that is so tough to get into anyway. But um, we, we uh, as I said, hopefully it'll go, it'll go around. Um, go well, around look, I mean, festivals. if we, I presume we've got like a Facebook page or something, we can we can put in the show there notes is. so people can there follow. Is. Uh, and obviously, I've seen the website. Yeah, there's uh, the, the the website is uh, all the artworks. A fantastic company called Think Farms just been doing that. It's a friend from the Isle of Wight. He's been doing the posters uh, which we've got today, which look uh, fantastic. Look very uh, don't look nowish. Look very, uh, oh, very psychological, nice. psychological thrillerish. 
and then the trailer, uh, I've literally just downloaded a rough cut of the trailer just before we, we came online to do this interview. And, um, so that'll be, that'll be coming out in the next week. And, um, brilliant. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put, we'll put your website link and your Facebook page. Thank you. Thank you. In the show notes so that people can, so as we were talking before we even started the podcast, you know, the, people can come back, may come back to this podcast at any time, not necessarily in the kind of yeah. week it's on a rain dance. So uh, yeah. that gives them uh, the ability uh, to go and look. I, as I said, I really hope, um, I hope um, Jackson, Rollo, um, India, Barney and, and, and Shaquille really get some, some recognition for their performances in this as well, because they were a joy to direct. They were, they were fantastic. And I, and I know in, in many years to come, they're going to be, um, they're going to be, uh, out there and, and going to become quite big names, I think. And, and so, yeah, if people are listening in in a few years time, uh, I'm hoping they're listening in because they've, they've discovered one of those actors and come back to see what they did before. Brilliant, so. brilliant. Well, ho- well hopefully, uh, one of the Britflix reviewers will be, uh, will be at the rain down screen. If not, we'll have to sort something out with you to try and get, get it circulated to the reviewers. Yeah. Tell me where you want to put that 20 pound of that brown envelope, Stuart. I'll, um, I'll... <laughs> I had one reviewer say to me, he won't be named, he said, uh, well, it's £10 per star, dear. <laughs> I was like, you're joking. And he looked at me in this funny way, so I quickly bought him a drink. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't, I'm sure it doesn't work like that. But um, no, no, I'll be interested to see, uh, See, I mean, our, our, our broadsheet and tabloid reviewers, uh, are, um, uh, as I said, tend to be uh, men over the age of 40. And um, it'll be very interesting to see what they think of something with Olivia Hussey and... Um, Leonard Whiting being reunited for the first time in forty years, and what uh, uh, in a youth film uh, about something they they uh, they um, might not completely understand. Uh, which but, is I think, but I think, but I think, it's, I think that that aspect of it is quite interesting because I think because you know if I talk to my dad, my dad talks about the internet like it's this all encompassing thing, <laughs> when in fact obviously things happen on the internet like like things happen down a retail park. Yeah, you know the the, yeah. the, re, the retail park isn't everything, is it? But it but it no. is a place, and and the internet, it, you know, it's the virtual it's the virtual element of it. And like when you talk about these video bloggers who who can command audiences of over a million, and you know mm. companies like I guess like L'Oreal and Zincream mm. or whatever else it is that they want to sell to you to young people, will then give them money to keep doing their video blogs. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a natural because it it is a natural way to because if 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 you like you say the if the common thing is that they're not watching television, then what's the point in giving Nickelodeon money when you could give what was she called? What was she called? The video blog. Zoella. Zoella. So yeah. you, you, give Zoella hundred grand a year. Well, that's it's a very interesting. But I mean, just coming back from the festival festival in the Isle of Wight, you know, there was a yeah. Rimmel stand there and a PlayStation stand, uh, and. Uh, it's kind of strange that, you know, this co- concert, I mean, it's a great festival and Rob the Bank's great and everyone who organises it, but th- th- it's strange that there's this, you're, you're sold this idea of free love and free freedom and music and, and actually you're being stuffed this sort of corporate uh, message down your, down your throat. And, um, and social suicide is about this, 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 uh, character or characters trying to become famous and wanting fame uh, at all costs and um yeah it's uh, it's interesting how this idea of the web being free and free loving and all the rest of it is actually it's you know i i didn't realize until researching i mean i looked at the dark web which was shocking um and i and um there's a whole world out there which you, no one wants to look at or shouldn't look at but um when i was researching it i didn't realize that you could buy twitter users you know you could you can and having done corporate work for companies I can't name, you can you can you can buy thirty thousand 
followers to to trend your tweets. Now, it's not how I perceive Twitter supposed to be, and um, that's, that's not a meritocracy, is it? No, and, no, no, and, um, and, uh, which, and which what's we're led, what which we're led to believe. Yeah, what, what, and what our film's about is about um, what what price for internet fame? What would you do, you know, for notoriety? What would you do to get those hits? If you're trying to get your your money from your advertising on your YouTube or or, or Vimeo hits. Uh, what would you do? How far would you go to do it? And um, well, yeah, and clearly, yeah. pe- clearly, people are going. I mean, this kid that jumped off uh, Tower Bridge recently for for to, to get hits. There's uh, guys falling off power, you know, pylons and buildings to get hits. And um, yeah, it's um, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a very strange world they're growing no, up no, in. I, mean, I no- must admit, I, I, I never realised how far and wide the the insanity went of this this notion of of what might. I mean, I might struggle as a writer to think of a good hashtag that will get something going or try and yeah. pick up on a hashtag that's already in use that will help mm. propel a tweet. But when you then... Uh, I've been researching stories for all sorts of other things and looking at sort of true crime stuff. And when you see the story of a guy who took the awful notion of the two girls, one cup... Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know that disgusting tale... And then his own version where he thought, well, that was very famous. Lots of people watched it and made, you know, made videos about people watching it. He then does one, loon- one lunatic, one hammer, mm. which is him killing somebody with a hammer. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, putting, it, putting it online. And you're like, this isn't even the dark web. This is just the web. <laughs> well, the shooting recently of the, of the American um, uh, journalist. The journalist, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I mean... There was there was a, there was a two seminal moments in my mind in the internet. I mean, it's like Ben. I don't know if you read Ben Elton Stark, um, which is about you know, which is about um, you know, uh, it's, it's about a character that says if you if you if you carry on watching, I'll kill this person. Of course, everyone carries on watching, and the person gets killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were two moments. There was a, a guy who videoed himself eating another man, I think, in Canada or something like that. And then this, and then and people watch. And then there's this other moment where this. This um, and I mean, ISIS is certainly capitalising on um, the idea of producing videos that, of killing people that seemingly people want to watch. This recent cold-blooded killing of the, of the journalist on, on live television. I mean, where where you know the the, the corks being popped, the, the, the floodgates have opened. There's nothing. It seems like there's nothing. Um, and uh, you know, reporting recently that ISIS were trying to kill the, the queen at a ceremony. Um, to get it on live TV, there is, and of course, you know, nine eleven was really a, a televised event as well. No, no, no. Um, yeah. I mean, they talked. They talked a lot no about. Yeah. I was going to say they talked a lot about the notion that you've got ki- kids who are not being supervised on the internet, which I guess bringing us back to your film is like when they're seeing this stuff and experiencing stuff that's that's real, horrible, and vile, and and if it includes death, is they're getting post traumatic stress because they're seeing somebody get killed. That's that's, yeah, quite. I didn't see anyone get killed. I've never, I remember seeing photographs in Bizarre magazine that was that was enough for me. You know, a cyclist mm. has fallen off a bike and mm. his mm. head's all cut and there's a blood trail on the road. But you're like, that was not that was nothing compared to watching I someone. Suppose, I suppose I'm trying to think of the first time something like that happened. It was probably one of the suffragettes throwing themselves in front of the king's horse that was filmed. Um, and, and I suppose from that from that moment onwards, I mean, the Bayer Tapestry maybe was the earliest form of social, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I suppose we've all tried. We've always tried to shock each, shock one another. But I think yeah. what the what the internet has done, where there's no mediation of how the content is created, mm. because you can just do it with a mobile phone. You don't need mm. equipment or skill to make a tapestry. Um, <laughs> you can just do something real in the here and now, like the news footage one, like you said, or the guy who yeah. decides to film. Yeah. Anyway, we we see we've hit, we've hit a dark patch here, and I think we'll get off it. Let's get back on your film. Your film's playing at Raindance, and it's going to be doing the rounds at festivals and stuff. So we'll put some details in the show notes to let people. My last question for you is: recommend me a British movie or two that people should watch. British movie. Well, there's there's one I worked on as a line producer called Nina Forever, which okay. uh, which was one of the hardest films I line produced. Uh, uh, produced by a great producer uh, called Cassandra Siskard and directed by the Blaine Brothers, uh, which has, you know, was, I don't know how, I don't know I'm allowed to say how much the budget was, but it wasn't very big and has kind of come out of nowhere and is a great, great, great credit to uh, any, or not great credit, it's a great inspiration to any filmmaker trying to go out there thinking, I'll never get a film that, that lots of people will see if I make it for a very small amount of money. Well, that's a perfect example that you can do that. Um, was it was it a breakout hit for was it South by Southwest where it first kind of got yeah South together? by Southwest and then it won Fright Fest and, and, and then just yeah. recently it premiered at Fright Fest as the kind of total film yeah and it, and it, and it won it so that's that's one film I try and go and see yeah um, it's quite a dark tale it's quite sexy but it's quite dark yeah. um, it's probably not one your mum would want to see but um, there's another film which we showed at the Isle of Wight Film Festival recently cool. uh, called Super Bob. Um, which is uh, partly written by a man from the Isle of Wight called Will, and it's uh, a very uh, a, a lovely tale. A really, it's it's again low budget, but a really lovely tale about a, a about a, a superhero that's reluctant to uh, continue to be a superhero and wants to find love. And it's um, thing about Superbob is it's a tale about how money and fame really aren't important, but you know, love and love and your, love and friendship is the most important thing. It's um, I just I just read a review somewhere uh, online that it got four stars I think in uh, the Telegraph or something like that and um, so yeah I'll go and see Super Bob if you can uh, when it's out because it's um, we showed it to an audience I didn't know how how it go down at the Isle of Wight but people absolutely adored it um, very very British in in every single way um, it's like Kick Ass but with some tenderness and a sort of moral tale at the end of it and and no and none of the violence and blood so it's the antithesis to Kick Ass basically brilliant well that's two very good very diverse recommendations and it only let rest with me to say thank you very much for giving us your time and coming talking on the Britflix podcast Bruce oh, great to talk to you Steve always a pleasure always a pleasure if you don't already subscribe to Britflix just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly thank you When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.